We're making a list. We're checking it twice. And then we're going to keep on checking it because it'll never quite be done. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. What are the best games of all time? We can't answer that. Instead, we're making a living list of 10 games that represent our tastes right now. Won't be easy to narrow it down, so let's get to it. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Jason Schreier. Welcome back for another episode. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome for another app. Real quick before we get started, first of all, a big thank you to all of you out there who are supporters of the show, who are MaxFun members. We are doing a Beans cast at the end of this month that is all about time loop movies. It's going to be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and TV shows. We are talking, we're going to talk about um, Edge of Tomorrow, Groundhog's Day, Palm Springs, and Russian Dolls. So if you are a subscriber, you will get that at the end of August. Um, just a reminder, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join to sign up for the show. And of course, you can always reach us if you want to say hi at TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. <laughs> say hi. One quick correction, Jason, is that you called it Groundhog's Day when it is yeah. in fact called Groundhog Day. I've always wow. had that problem. Yeah, I've always done that. You know the bookstore Barnes and Noble, and people mm. would call it Barnes mm-hmm. and Nobles. <laughs> Amanda, my wife does that. She calls it Barnes and Nobles yeah, every single time, and I yep, correct her, yeah. and she's like, "No, it's Barnes and Nobles." She still <laughs> insists to this day. That yeah, it's Barnes I mean and the the store belongs to to Mister Barnes and Mrs. Noble, and the yeah. two mm-hmm. of them Barnes mm-hmm. and Nobles store. You know <laughs> exactly. We all um, know this. I think that's the story behind that name. <laughs> it's Barnes. No, it's like Barnes and Nobles. It's Mister Barnes, and then his cadre of nobles who he associates with. He tells them. <laughs> Barnes and his nobles. And his nobles, <laughs> yeah. But is there an apostrophe in Barnes? I feel like no one can ever mm. truly know that. There's That's no way true. to know. It's actually Salino and Barnes. New York, New York lawyer joke. Anyway, <laughs> let's get started. Today, I'm very excited to tell you guys. Well, you guys know this. I'm very excited to tell everybody <laughs> that we are introducing a new segment that is going to be kind of a recurring feature on the show, and it is called Dum 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 <laughs> Triple Click. Picks. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. The three of us, we are going to come up with a list of video games, 10 video games to be specific, that are the triple click picks. And this is not a concrete list. It's going to be a living list that we update um, probably a few times a year. We might even have some friends of the show come on to help us update it. And so what's important about this list is that it's not like the best games ever. It's not even our favorite video games ever. It's the games that triple click recommends that you play. If you listen to this show, these are our stamped recommendations recommendations either are the games that you should play um it's gonna be so talking about over and over the references that we made yeah exactly the games we we obsess over the games we obsess you will understand things that we talk about more if you play these games at least that's that's our hope when we make this list that we have not made the list yet (laughs) and the list one of the important things we're doing to the list is we're making it games that are easily accessible these days Mm -hmm. and games that like hold up well so games you can pick up and play Mm -hmm. right now without having to download an emulator or like go through some jump through some hoops to get your hands on it. Um, So each of us have compiled our own list of 10 games, and what we're going to do is we're going to take turns pitching, and then we're going to whittle it down and finalize a complete list of 10. So we don't know what it is right now. We are going to figure it out right now on the spot. Let's do it, shall we? So Maddie, why don't you have the honors of doing the first (laughs) pitch on Triple Quick Picks? Okay, great. I'm just going to roll one right down the middle of the lane, totally uncontroversial pick. I'm going to go with Disco Elysium. I okay. think that's a pretty obvious choice. So this choice. is 
This is a narrative game. You play as a detective. There's a lot of reading of text in this game. There's a mystery. It takes place in an alternate universe. It's kind of like our universe, but it, it's <laughs> it's a it's a game that feels very grounded in reality in terms of how it describes uh, the human body, and yet it is also somewhat supernatural in that you talk to people around a town and you collect clues about the mystery, but also you uh, get. RPG style powers and there's a skill tree, different skill trees that you can level up your your detective character, but be a different kind of detective. It's called different capo types in that game. It's a very <laughs> funny game. It's a very clever game. Uh, you, we loved it. All three of us loved this game, and we talk about it a lot. So I feel like if we were only going based off of games that we frequently refer to, especially when we're talking about games with a strong political angle, uh, like something to say about or, or a satire of any kind or comedy games or any kind of text-based mystery game, all of those games we're all fans of. But I, I didn't pick a Danganronpa or a Phoenix Wright for this. I went with Disco Elysium because I think it's more accessible. And I guess I should also say it's um, it's available on PC and Mac. It's on Steam. I think it's on the Epic Game Store 2 now. And it's not on console yet. It will be on consoles. But it will be. Yes. But yes, controversially, so that date has not yet been announced. And no I know people yet. are really waiting for it. But uh, it'll be great when it is on console. What do you two think? I vote yes. <laughs> yeah, I vote, I vote yes. Easy one. That's also on my list. Great. Kirk, you want to pitch next? <laughs> yes, I will pitch next. This is another probably uncontroversial one. I think that there's only going to be a few that are truly controversial where we have to argue over those last few spots. But I am going to pitch another game that I believe all three of us really liked that we've talked about a lot. This is a good inaugural entry, and that is Return of the Obra Dinn. Mm. This is... I have this on my list, too, and I was like not sure if you guys were going to remember it. Oh, yes. It. Of course. I could never forget it. Were we not going to remember This is like it. an old split-screen era, yes, like yes. talk about it all the time game. Go ahead. So this game is made largely by one man, Lucas Pope, who is brilliant. He also made Papers, Please. It is available on PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Mac. It's on everything. Mm -hmm. It looks kind of like an old Macintosh game, but it is a new modern game. And it yeah. has a very modern design sensibility. It's a mystery where you are an insurance investigator aboard a cursed ship, like a freight ship for the East India Trading Company. And everybody on board is dead. And you need to go to their bodies and you can magically view the moment of their death. And as you do that, you have to piece together what became of the crew. This is an amazing game, one that we talked about quite a bit on split screen. Would be a fun one to do a beans cast or something on maybe yeah, like in the future. Maybe yeah, one day. I, I'm just thinking of that right now because it would just be, it's so cool to like yeah. replay it from the beginning and kind of solve it all. It's mm -hmm. a mystery game unlike almost any mystery game I've ever played because the solving of the mystery is the whole game. And there's no, it isn't like LA Noir or something where your character does so much of the work and you're kind of just doing shorthand. Like you are doing mystery detective yeah. work. You're just it's writing stuff down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a big logic puzzle. That's the best way to think of mm -hmm. it. It's like, it's one of those puzzles where you have the the chart the columns and the rows and it's like this this mm -hmm. girl is wearing a blue dress and then right. this dude is is has a pink hat and you have to figure out all the different or like guess who or something mm -hmm. but much more yeah. multifaceted yeah. than that I do yeah. think a lot of people don't like those kinds of puzzles and I think that this game stands apart from those only because mm. you are inside of the puzzle and you walk right. around in the world and you see everything yourself and there isn't just one way of figuring it out there are a lot of different clues you can find it's yes. nonlinear. Um, 
But yeah. it's just it's less abstract than just sort of reading a paragraph about people mm-hmm. sitting at a table eating and like spilling wine and stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. you are on this cool <laughs> pirate ship or not a pirate ship. You're on this cool <laughs> ship and there's wild stuff happening and you know the yeah. music is really cool in the atmosphere. So it's also a su- another supernatural mystery game, yes, mysterious yes. world too. So that's part yes. of what is so cool about that. And game. a great story that you uncover. So I love this game. I feel like the two of you also like this game. So <laughs> it I am, rules. I am submitting <laughs> this it. This is so easy. There's no debating at all. Uh, this is my. <laughs> <laughs> it was my favorite video game of 2018, like f- straight yeah. up favorite. So I think that's a pretty easy show in. Um, okay, so it sounds like you were both you were both a yes yeah. on Return of the Obra Dinn. This okay, list is so going that's... to be a thousand entries long. Let's keep okay. going. <laughs> I'm going to throw another uh, softball down the middle and give Great. you guys Hollow Knight, which is a video game that is on PC and consoles. Of course. Um, it is... Perhaps it is sort of, it's a Metroidvania in that as a 2D platformer, you go around, you play as a little bug with a nail who he uses as a sword. He or she, they use as a sword. Um, you go around, you slash things with your nail, you collect secrets, you collect powers, you find secrets, you find secret passages. You uncover this like incredible evocative lore that gets more and more interesting as time goes on. It's basically one of, it's probably the best Metroidvania out there. It's one of my favorite games of all time. What do you guys say? Hollow Knight? Does that make mm-hmm. the list? Yes, obviously. Good game. Cool game. <laughs> yeah, one of my Kay. one of my favorite games ever. Absolutely beautiful to look at and experience. Top to bottom. Let's, let's Great video keep game. moving. Maddie, <laughs> what you got next? Okay, here's my pitch for you too. Assassin's Creed Origins. So I Origins. knew we wanted to pick an Assassin's Creed game, and I wasn't sure which one you two would choose. But this is huh. my favorite Assassin's Creed, and I feel like it's paved the way for an Odyssey and presumably also a Valhalla. I feel like it scratches the itch that those games want to scratch these days in their current era of you're going around doing some chores and you're kicking some ass, but mostly you're just being a cool do-gooder assassin. I feel like Bayek is a really strong character. I'm honestly a little bit sad that the Assassin's Creed's have gotten away from that like really strong uh character and instead having you be either the male or female character and whatever Mm. we could get into the politics of why they wouldn't just have a female lead for example (laughs) and just have them be a well-defined character that the story was about but that's not that's not where I'm going with this well you bringing that up makes me feel like like origins that I feel like it has a knock against it now that we've learned that it does have a knock against it we're supposed to be playing as Aya for a big chunk of the game that's true and yet I still feel that it is a stronger cohesive game than Odyssey is because although it is about Bayek and I could criticize that in a different episode of the show maybe we'll do an Origins Beans cast someday who knows I still feel that it's a yeah we're that by the way this is an announcement of 10 beans cast just just a separate thing but i still feel like origins is a more cohesive game and that's its strength to me and i i really enjoyed bag as a character playing it and that's why it would be my pick but i could see an argument for odyssey potentially i could see an argument for other assassin's creeds so we could put Hmm. it down as a maybe or even a no depending on what you two say next well let's do what we have to vote your vote of course kirk what is your vote uh, I vote yes. Ooh, Ooh. I vote no, but because it's two thirds rule here, it gets on the list for now. So we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna whittle this down a little bit later. So yeah. let's let's keep moving and get through some more votes. Yep. Cool. Um, Kirk, pitch us. Okay, my next pick is uh, I went with something a little bit less totally safe, or at least I don't know. I don't know how you two will feel about it, but it's one of my favorite games of all time, one of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time, and that game is. Undertale. 
This Ooh. is a role-playing okay. game with a beautiful story. It is available on just about everything, I think. It's on every platform, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. It is another one that is largely the work of one person, Toby Fox, though, of course, other people worked on the game, too. And it is a really revolutionary game in a lot of ways, and one that informs how I think of RPGs and definitely how I think of video game music. Fox also composed the score. It has unbelievably good uh, music, and its notable attribute is it looks like an old JRPG, like it looks like Earthbound. Mm -hmm. And the whole game, you're this young person who is dropped into an underworld or like underground kingdom of monsters. And you can do battle with all the monsters and make your way through the world and do lots of, you know, combat. But each fight is unique and you never have to do combat. So mm-hmm. the whole the whole hook of the game is you can actually talk to the monsters. So this is the first time someone has made a game where that's full of monsters that you can fight your way through. Or you can just talk to them and you can find out what's bugging them and why they're attacking you. And you actually can get to know them. And then there's these really dramatically branching stories. It does all this like subversive stuff with save files and different endings and fake out endings and glitches and going like breaking the fourth wall. It's a super, super creative game. A very groundbreaking one. One of my favorite games of all time. And I'm uh, putting it forth for a triple-click pick. What say the two of you? Maddie, what say you? This is tough because I agree with everything you said. I think it's a very groundbreaking game, but I also don't know if I consider it a triple-click pick. Maybe Mm, maybe we should talk about Undertale more often, but I feel like we almost never have. Maybe you two talked about it like way back in the day when you had a show without me, though. Yeah, I guess we did. When we played it. Perhaps qualify it. Jason, what do you think? I'm leaning no on this. For the music alone, yes. The music is great. I could be convinced. Yeah. Okay. We can put it through then, I guess, if that's the two of us. I'm adding it to the prelim list for now. The prelim list is going to be a little longer, and then we'll whittle it down to 10. Um, So, okay. So, I'm going to make another easy pitch Outer Wilds, one of the greatest games ever made, a game about exploring (laughs) space and finding out um, the secrets behind a race of aliens who has disappeared um this game is incredible it's got another one with amazing music it's got uh vibes and tones that nobody (laughs) no other games have it's got a time loop yes going along in the theme of this month um it has a time loop uh your job is to figure out why the world keeps ending or why the universe keeps ending every 22 minutes Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's amazing i don't i almost don't want to say more but there's all you do in this game is explore which yeah. is why it's so perfect. Um, got a feeling that you two will agree with yeah, this it's one. On my I'm list. a big no on this one. No, just kidding. This is one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> yes, okay. this is a total yes for me. Clearly, we like mystery games. Mm-hmm. All right, Maddie, hit us up. Okay, so I'm going to go with Destiny 2. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Okay. I considered this for my list, but uh, ultimately did not include it. This is sort of a joke entry, but it's also not a joke. I genuinely feel like if you play even a little bit of Destiny 2, it's going to help you understand this show and the way that we talk about games and the way that we experience them, the Mm. lens through which we view them. That's a convincing argument. One of the only MMOs, I think it is the only MMO I've ever personally played. It's the most Halo feeling one of them all, which is probably why it's the only one I've played and still (laughs) am kind of playing lately. I've been continuing to play Destiny 2 with my pals these, these past few weeks. And there ain't much to it, but it's gorgeous to look at. And it is really fun to play with pals. And it's also a three player game. So it has that triple click spirit. Mm-hmm. by default if you want to do a strike with a couple of pals. So that's mm-hmm. my pitch. 
My initial reaction was no, but you've convinced me, Maddie. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought about it as well for the same reasons you just said, Maddie, that like, yeah. I don't play it anymore. But all the sa- at the same time, like, it's not just that I've played it so much and that, of course, we joke about how Jason and I used to be so addicted that our last mm-hmm. podcast was basically a Destiny podcast. It's that we're constantly referencing it. Like, it's yeah. such a useful totem. Anyways, we'll talk about this more. It absolutely, yes, through to the preliminary list for sure okay. for me. Yes. Great. Kirk, go. Oh, I get to go. Okay, mm-hmm. um, this one's easy. Bloodborne. <laughs> Salt. I just want to say I purposefully didn't put Bloodborne on my list to clear up space because I knew the two of you would choose it. That was smart. I should have done more of that. I should have done more of that because a lot of mine have overlaps. <laughs> no, no, no. That kind of social engineering is very dangerous. It could That's have all true. gone That's wrong true. for me. Right, right then we don't have Bloodborne on our list. <laughs> Two-sentence pitch for Bloodborne, even yeah, though we ahead. both voted it in already. <laughs> Okay, two-sentence pitch for Bloodborne And also is, say what platform it's on. Yeah. You fight giant Cthulhu monsters with a cane that turns into a whip. That's, <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, it's on PS4. It's a PS4 exclusive. It's a Souls-like by From Software. It rules super hard, and I love it, and I've played it multiple times and yeah. could play it for basically forever. I made Jason play it when mm-hmm. he lost a bet to me a couple years ago, and now I think he likes it too. I played the beginning of it to be a good sport never beat it sometimes i look at it on my shelf and feel guilty about it it's one of, i mean maddie you know my story behind this right like i played the i played for like 10 hours and never really got into it and then once kirk forced me oh to, i know i just got to get past that yeah hump. it like once it clicked for me i was like wow this is one of the best games i've ever played anyway mm-hmm. let's keep get, getting through because we're gonna have to do some fighting to get this down to 10 um, fighting Get our get our cane whips out and do do a duel. Pow, pow. Here's another easy pick. I think The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the best mm. game ever made. Of <laughs> One of the best games ever made. It's on my list. Too. An open world, unlike any other. A game that like has made everybody rethink what video games should be. A Nintendo Switch exclusive that I think everybody pretty much knows at this point. But yeah, everybody has to go play that. Yeah. Sure. I wish I was playing Breath of the Wild right now. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. We all I do. mean, I I really like podcasting, but <laughs> I like playing Breath of the Wild more than almost anything. So, yeah. Maddie, hit us. Okay, uh, kind of a wild card entry here. I'm going to go with Mass Effect 2. I felt like we should have a Bioware game on the list because we talk about Bioware games pretty often. And I was thinking, what's the most definitive one? What's the best one? What's the one I would recommend somebody play? I gotta go with Mass Effect 2 there. Part of that is my own personal bias. I just was never as into the Dragon Age series, although I've played it. More of a sci-fi gal than a fantasy gal, just in general, in terms of what I like. think Mass Effect 2 is the best of that franchise, and I also think you can pretty easily pick up at 2 and still understand what's going on and get something Mm. out of it and have a fun time playing that game. And also get a sense of how Bioware games used to be, the storytelling structures that we talk about on this show, what works and didn't work about that franchise you can get from two, even if you don't yep. feel like playing three. That's my pitch. I, I'm in Mass Effect 2 roles, and the party <laughs> members are awesome, and the cool. companion system is great. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical because there's some overlap with a few of my remaining games, just in the, mm, this style of RPG. I'm sure okay, you can guess what, okay. what they might be. But um, it has one of the best intros, like one of the best opening sequences of any video game ever, so just for that alone, I'll say at least the preliminary list, uh, absolutely, cool. yes. Cool. Kirk? Uh, Okay, so I guess in that vein, I'll go with The Witcher 3. 
Uh, The Witcher 3 is a very (laughs) easy pick. pick Well, yeah, because everybody picks that because it's like one of the Mm. most beloved games ever. It's not on my list, but okay. Wasn't on mine either. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, Well, I love The Witcher 3. I think it rules. I've played it a bunch of times. I've played like hundreds of hours of it. Um, The DLC is amazing. The main story is amazing. New Game Plus is good. Um, I think that The Witcher lore and just the world of The Witcher is just very happening right now. Mm -hmm. And both because of the Netflix show. That helps. Yeah, because of the Netflix show, just people keep coming back to the game and talking about it. The game has a sort of a longer tail than you would even think for a game this big. Like other big, it just got speed run at GDQ this week, right? So other big RPGs of this era just don't still get talked about in the way that Witcher Three does. It just seems like mm. a kind of a timeless game. I'll always talk about it. I reference it a lot on the show, and because CD Projekt Red is coming out with Cyberpunk, and mm-hmm. you know, I, it just seems like there's a lot of a lot of reasons for people to play it. And whenever I'm recommending, if you just want a huge friggin' RPG with a branching story and just a billion things to do and great characters, great quests, and all of that, I always recommend The Witcher Three. So cool. that is my suggestion for our list. Yeah, I vote mm. yes. Okay, I guess it's in. I was sort of on okay. the fence mm-hmm, because fair. I have never played it, so I mm. can't really have a stance. I think when we figure out the finalists, Mass Effect versus Witcher will be an interesting debate. So we'll mm-hmm. see. It will be. Um, it okay, will I'm going to make uh, a little bit... Actually, I'm going to make another easy pick. Divinity <laughs> Original Sin 2, which is sure. one of my favorite RPGs. And I, if where Kirk says The Witcher 3, if someone asked me for a meaty RPG to play, I would actually say Divinity first because um, I think it's brilliant. And one of the things that makes it so brilliant, in addition to having just great writing and characters and all the stuff you expect from RPGs, is that every single battle like really matters and the stakes are super high and like you're constantly making smart decisions as opposed to most RPGs where like a lot of the time you're just grinding or like mindlessly hitting the slash button or whatever um in this game you can't get away with that like every single battle you really have to make tough tough calls um because there are no filler there's no filler in this game which is what makes it so amazing also the way that like the mechanics work it's very systemic almost breath of the wild like in that like fire can or oil can get lit on fire and then it'll set the whole like area ablaze and you can jump over here and you can kind of break the rules in all sorts of interesting ways anyway i think it's a brilliant game and it is my one of my favorite rpgs of all time it's on PC and consoles. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite games ever, and it's on my list, too. So, yeah, it's like, yes, <laughs> it's a yes for me. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. <laughs> Maddie, you're up. Okay. I don't know if it's going to make it, given the lineup we have now, but I actually put Skyrim on my list, as in mm, The Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. because we talked about it. We did one of those, like, which games define the decade episodes a while mm-hmm. back, I think, in the split screen days. And Skyrim was one of the picks. I think, Jason, you picked it. I can't remember which of the two yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I thought your argument back then was pretty good. And I was like, we do talk about and refer to Skyrim a lot on this show. And it feels it's like a, a... Definitely a touchstone, a cultural touchstone. Strong foundational fantasy RPG. I, I sort of put it in a similar category to Mass Effect 2 on my list, where I'm like, just to understand what we talk about, playing just a little bit of Skyrim would would mm-hmm. help mm. help a budding young gamer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Witcher and Breath of the Wild both wouldn't exist without Skyrim, so that's that's totally right. Fair. But because those games are on this list, I'm almost unconvinced by my own argument that Skyrim needs to be there. But nonetheless, it is my pitch. <laughs> It's a tough call. Um, I get that. I I definitely say yes to the preliminaries only because I think we have an interesting, some interesting RPG decisions to make. Yep, we do. So far, every single game has made it to the prelims, but that's fine. So far, we have 13. (laughs) It's because we're being too nice to each other. On the list. Now we're learning. I think that this process, that doesn't surprise me for this process because now Mm -hmm. we need to do cuts. Plus, there's a lot of overlap. I only have one game left, actually. As do I. Oh, I have three Um, left. Okay. 
you guys go. Okay, nice. So I will go. How about I'll go, Maddie? You let's all say our games at the same time. All, yeah, <laughs> yell them all. Count of three. <laughs> okay. Um, so my last game is Hitman Two, which is Ooh, a game that I love and do talk about a lot. It is speaking of systemic games, a very systemic game. It's endlessly funny. There's a new one coming out. These games are always going to come out, and I think everyone should play them. And I just think it's great. So Hitman Two cool. is on PC and consoles, or PS4 and Xbox One. I don't believe it's not on Switch. And it's, you know, you play the bald guy who dresses up like a clown and murders people. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> you know. darker than it is. You also dress up as a chef or a pizza delivery guy. Or you dress yeah. up as anybody. You it's a costume. Anything to murder people. It's a costume game. Yeah. It's a dress it's... up murder game. It really is. Um, so cool. you. But you only murder people who deserve it. You're not yes. murdering randoms. You are mm. penalized for murdering randoms. You can murder randoms if you want, because this is a purely systemic game. Everything is systemized and sort of simulated. And you just have a little sandbox to walk around in. And the fun of the game is figuring out these very creative ways to solve problems. They, it's so well made. These new ones, they're constantly updating it where it's like, you have to get to this one person, but you can only use this one method of killing them. And it can only happen right here. So you have to really carefully plan out your strategies. It's a very smart game. Very good game. It's... I like Divinity Original Sin 2 for a lot of the same reasons. Just I like games where it's different every time and you can kind of do one scenario over and over and over again and you never know what's going to happen. I love it. It's one of my favorite games ever and uh, I'm putting it forth for our list. Um, okay, cool. My next pitch is Baba Is You, which is a brilliant little puzzle game mm. about moving words around and creating rules. It's basically like rudimentary programming. So if Baba Is You, you move Baba out and replace it with, with the word rock, then suddenly rock is you and you get to control a rock. And you're a rock. The game gets increasingly <laughs> more complicated as you play and the rules get batshit insane and I love this <laughs> game to death. Um, it is on PC, Switch. I'm not sure if it's on other consoles, but I played it on Switch and it's awesome. It is awesome. I, you know, I'm down to get it through to the prelims. I don't know if it's going to make it all the way. I mm. do love that game, but it has some stiff competition. I have, yeah, I have my doubts, but okay. but yes. I guess it's my turn for the last one. Yeah, yes, your last for one. For my one. last one. And I do not I think you two more. will vote for this, but because it's me, I put Tomb Raider, the 2013 reboot on mm, here, which okay, was okay. the game that I chose. as the game that defined a decade unexpectedly, but I stand by it. I feel like it was the game that made female protagonists seem bankable. It was the mm. game that made air- bows and arrows seem cool in a game and also bankable <laughs> and super, super trendy. It took a lot of Metroid Prime feeling, re-exploring an area again, but feels a lot better to play than the Metroid Primes, which I love, but which don't hold up as well as that game does and it also led to cool gritty reboots of past properties like God of War. I think you can draw that line and have that be an argument that's made. But I also know that I'm the main person who refers to Tomb Raider on this show. So <laughs> maybe it helps you understand what I'm talking about. But I'm going to I'm going to give you a yes, but one argument against it is that Rise of the Tomb Raider is better, no? Uh, I don't think it is. I no. think I don't know. I haven't played. I haven't played the 2013 one. I've only played Fair enough. Tomb Raider. Okay, I think the t- 2013 one is the strongest of the three. Controversial, okay. yeah. perhaps. But. No, no, I, I agree with you. I think the story in particular, because the story of her becoming you know, who she is going to be. Like, Lara Croft mm-hmm. becoming Lara Croft is a great story. And the first one tells that story really well. Yeah. Rise is a little more lost narratively just because it's sort of weird in the middle. It's a great game. I actually love Rise. Mm-hmm. I've played that game. I think I played that game twice. It's fun to play, but I wouldn't say that it's it's as fun to experience the story of that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's my argument. Uh, yeah, I'm a yes. I, I think that's okay. a, a cool pick. Wow, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kirk, you're out of pitches. You both yep, are out. That's it. Okay, so All mine are in. Yeah, we are. Give us your final two. Two more for me. One is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, mm. which I actually think Consider is more... This one more is a better game than origins um and it's just a game i love for a lot of different reasons um it's a game it's basically i want that to go through just because i want to compare origins and odyssey and i think that <laughs> yeah. that's just real quick this is the assassin's creed game set in ancient greece there's a lot of greek mm-hmm. mythology there's a lot of greek characters history socrates etc cetera, etc cetera. and cassandra who is one of the best characters they've done and one of my favorites um she is badass she's wonder woman she is very cool it's um, true. And then my... Maddie, do you vote on this? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down okay, to yes. let Odyssey and Origins go head-to-head in the final. And then my next one is Super Mario Odyssey, which is another, like, just all-time classic, like, platforming game. Um, obviously, it's a 3D Mario game. You go around collecting moons. It's on the Switch. Pretty cool game. A lot of great platforming and secrets and wonderful bits of delight and really joyful mechanics. It's fun. I don't know yeah. if it's a triple-click pick, though. I don't either. Okay. You guys, you can say no. Maybe I'm a no. It's funny because it's funny because we did a triple play on we it. We hate Mario, and we're against no, it's to, it. It's totally fine. I didn't expect this one to make it, so just vote no, and we'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. for once, for once, we're voting no. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You voted no on something. Okay. So the following games have made it through the prelim: oh Disco boy. Elysium, Return of the Oberdin, Hollow Knight. AC Origins, Undertale, Outer Wilds, Destiny 2, Bloodborne, Breath of the Wild, Mass Effect 2, The Witcher 3, Divinity Original Sin 2, Skyrim, Hitman 2, Baba is You, Tomb Raider, and AC Odyssey. And so I'm going to drop these in Gchat so you can both look at them. Here's what we're going to do now. Each of us will nominate one to cut. And I think that'll be the best way to do this. And then we can make an argument for oh, or against, and we can all vote whether games. we should cut it. Maybe we should each pick two to cut. Well, we'll go around, I mean. Okay, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go first. AC Origins, I think Odyssey is a better game. Um, I think Ancient Greece, I mean, I personally like exploring Ancient Greece better. Um, I think Cassandra is better than Bayek and Aya. She's cooler, and she's a, a better character. I think the story is more interesting. I think the characters are more interesting. The writing is better. Getting the story, the dialogue selection makes for a more interesting game. And I think the quests are better. I just like it a lot better. <laughs> This is so subjective. I'm like, well, I don't. But, Kirk, you got to be a tiebreaker Yeah, I think I'm the tiebreaker. And I'm trying to think which one I like better. I won't be mad because they're both great games. Well, no. So this is just a vote to cut origin. So you don't have to decide which you like better right now. That's a good point. I think that's That's as useful of a a way to think of it as any. I uh, I think that for me, when I think back to origins, it had enough issues just in that... Like the way that the leveling worked, the way that you couldn't like always kill people, the way that mm. they didn't have like some of the stuff that they introduced in Odyssey, the boats, the mercenary thing where there's this kind of shadow of Mordor nemesis system. Yeah, I think the Odyssey was just a more interesting game. And I really do like Bayek. And I actually, I like Origins more than I maybe initially did over time, but I like Odyssey better. So I would think that Odyssey doesn't even necessarily have a shot with me. So Origins is a cut for me. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Okay, so that's our first cut. An Odyssey might not even live. Very mercenary. Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, right now, if you want, you can vote to cut Odyssey. So, Mandy, why don't you cut? Take a um, cut. I'm going to vote to cut Undertale. I, I stand by what I said before. I feel like we never talk about it. It's not to say I don't think it's a groundbreaking game. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's a triple-click pick, and I think it's one of the weaker entries on this list for that reason. Hmm. What do you two say? I'm... 
God, it's tough. I mean, it's your pick, Kirk, so I'm really just trying to convince Jason. Well, at the same time, looking at this list, I'm kind of convinced by your reasoning. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a great game, and it's one of my favorite games, and I love it, but you're right that we don't really talk about it that much, and while I think everyone should play it, and everyone listening to this episode, if you haven't played Undertale, uh, go play Undertale. But Check it out. It's a cool game. Yeah, I actually think that maybe looking at this list, it doesn't need to be there, so maybe maybe you've convinced me about my own pick. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I also know that this list is 17 entries long and we yeah. were just eliminated I mean, yeah. two of them so so it's really got to be 10 games that triple click recommends i mean this is not mm-hmm. easy folks no no these no. are all That's good true. games you could okay. play all 17 of them uh kirk you get to cut next okay um i am gonna suggest cutting baba is you mm. i think that that game is just a little bit has it just like is a little bit of a weakness compared to some of these other ones i okay. agree it's a great game i loved it and thought it was so clever but at the same time just knowing that we need to make some cuts mm-hmm. it seems like a better cut than some of the other ones so i'm gonna go with that because it's an easier decision maddie I'm yeah. I'm in favor. Maddie's on board. You're okay. in favor. Sounds I okay. say I. Baba is cut. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Okay. Right, okay. We're four to go. Four to go. So hmm, this is a tough one. <laughs> tough. Yep. Tough game to cut. So okay. So let's talk about RPGs because we're gonna have to figure out how many of these RPGs we can actually fit in here. Um, mm-hmm. I think. So we have Mass Effect 2, The Witcher 3, Divinity Original Sin 2, and Skyrim as like our, our chunk of single-player RPGs. Mm-hmm. I think at least one of those has to go, I why agree. don't we start by cutting Skyrim? And I think Skyrim is a game that I would still recommend to everybody, but they all I just are. think that, yeah, I just don't, I, I think that like it's been surpassed by a lot of the games that have followed it, and I don't really think that there's a reason, a compelling reason to include like foundational games just because they're foundational. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's the weakest link of those four right now. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I say cut. I'm with yeah. you too, even though I proposed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kill it. Okay, Maddie, it is your turn to make a cut. Lovely. Um, well, <laughs> this is getting hard, y'all. Mm-hmm. I, I, down to I, it. I guess, I guess I'll say Tomb Raider. I, I proposed Ooh, it, but I felt like it game. was my weakest proposal. Hmm. I still feel like it would be on my personal 10 triple-click picks if that existed. I mean, it sure. was. I brought it to the table, but I don't feel like it deserves to be on this broader list. But you two voted yes, so maybe you'll disagree with I me. I mean, if you're going to cut it, I'm not going to argue against that. <laughs> well, just because we need to make a cut? I mean, there might be something else here that's weaker I haven't that. played it, so I can't vote. That's really. a fair, yeah. And I feel like if if not all of us have played something, that puts it in a tough position. I almost mm-hmm. chose Hitman 2 for that reason, because I was like, mm-hmm. well, Jason and I barely ever talk about it. But that doesn't seem entirely I fair. I played that game a lot for what Yeah, and you have at least played it, so yeah. So I'm but picking yeah, Tomb Raider, I think, is we can cut. What do you think, Kirk? Yeah, I would say we can cut it. It's a it is a great game and it's a cool pick. Like it's I like I like the the cut of some of your picks, Jibs. Like yeah. my Tomb Raider evangelism. Yeah, and the Mass Effect too. I think you've picked some cool games that are like just a little older and a little less expected, but that's cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm okay with cutting it since we have to make a cut. We do. Yeah, we get to the tough parts. <laughs> yeah, this is when it gets tough. Bing. Kirk from the future here. As I am editing this, I'm realizing this would be a nice place to remind everybody what the games on the list are. We're down to 12. Here's what they are. We have got Outer Wilds, Hollow Knight, Mass Effect 2, Return of the Obra Dinn, Disco Elysium, The Witcher 3, Destiny 2, Bloodborne, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Divinity Original Sin 2, Hitman 2, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So that's where we're at. We still gotta cut two. Okay, take it away, Past Kirk. Bing! Okay, so... Here's here's where I'm at. 
I'm looking at, I'm actually going to make a sort of a lateral comparison here. Okay. And that's that I'm looking at Assassin's Creed Odyssey and The Witcher 3 next to each other on this list. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I actually think that those two games have a lot in common. And I'm torn on them. I, uh, I think that we just need to make a decision between having one or the other. Really? And my vote would be, well, they're very similar, I think. And they, they kind of occupy similar spaces. They are. Well, Odyssey takes a lot from Witcher 3. Yeah. Right. Odyssey borrows quite a bit from The Witcher 3. So I'm going to suggest cutting Odyssey because I think The Witcher 3 is more of a classic and I like the story so much more and just think mm. it's like such an impactful game that people should play it. Whereas I would say we should keep Odyssey because all three of right. us played it. And we did talk about it a lot. And we all have a lot to say about it. And mm -hmm. it's clearly something we refer to. Whereas The Witcher 3, I'm like, that's a, that's a Kirk Hamilton game. Right. Nothing wrong with that. But this is a triple-click list. And I guess, yeah, Jason, you didn't finish The Witcher 3, did you? So I guess that's that's good that the two of us feel that way. So Jason, how do you feel? Yeah, Jason. Interesting. So I'm the tiebreaker here. So <laughs> yeah. I think the problem, the flaw in both games, in my opinion, is the combat. And I don't think the combat is particularly interesting or, or satisfying mm -hmm. or rewarding in either game, especially compared mm -hmm. to something like Bloodborne. I guess that's an right. unfair comparison. Sure. But, yeah. but regardless, I think the combat is very... What about Bloodborne, you know? Cool game. <laughs> it's, just, it's just very <laughs> spammy and just not super interesting. You're not making a lot of interesting decisions in either game's combat. Let's cut both of them. That, then we're done. Man, <laughs> it's Sorry, such a tough one. Because, like, I... I love Odyssey, but I also respect The Witcher 3 a lot. And I respect Kirk's passion for The Witcher mm -hmm. 3. They are the dad and mom of the podcast in a way. No, they are. Cut that out. <laughs> Stay in it. I'm leaving it in. I think at the end of the day, I prefer Assassin's Creed Odyssey over All Witcher right. 3. All right. That's fair. I, I'm totally okay with that decision. Sweet. So are you proposing we cut... Witcher 3? Well, my proposal for a cut was Odyssey, and it was sounds Odyssey. like we're keeping Odyssey so on the list. So I would say no to cutting Odyssey. Okay. I I also would say no to it. I'd, I'd okay. sooner cut Destiny 2. I mean, okay. I, I think there's there's an argument to be made for Destiny 2 on this list, but I could also see an argument But, well, that means that Witcher 3 might still make it. It doesn't I know, mean and I, I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think uh, wholesale about, like, games yeah. we talk about and games we'd really recommend to people. Yeah. And... I think we would probably more strongly recommend The Witcher 3 and AC Odyssey over Destiny 2, like if, if somebody held our feet to the fire. Well, and then, the, and then it opens up the question of Mass Effect 2. And I think Mass Effect 2 is a game that we don't really talk about a ton. It's a game that is super cool. I think the main reason we don't talk about it a ton is because it's old and, and it's I haven't played it in 10 years since it came mm -hmm. out, right? But... I mean, should it be on the list? And I guess that'll be my proposal. Should Mass Effect 2 be cut? Hmm. I think uh, I really, I also really like it as a pick, but I think that given that we're currently, what, so we're currently at 12. Yeah, we, we got to cut, cut two. two more. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we're just sort of circling around the like four or five yeah, games yeah. that are in the weakest spot right exactly. now. Mm -hmm. we the slightly kill vulnerable ones. I think that like looking at, yeah, I think that we could cut Mass Effect 2, yes. All right, I'm down. Maddie? Okay. okay. All right, it's dead. So, it's canceled. So now we have one one spot, <laughs> one one cut left to make, and Maddie, I believe it's your turn to make a nomination. I think so. I, you know, I sort of floated Destiny two before. I I'm kind of back to thinking The Witcher three shouldn't be there. Okay. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which of these games have you not played? Witcher and Hitman and Divinity Original Sin two, but that I'm more in favor of keeping. 
I I know I know enough okay. about it that okay. I mm-hmm. I it's part of why I keep picking my own games as games we can cut. It's easier for me to do that. It's just mm. falling on my own sword repeatedly. This is a hard game, guys. Triple mm-hmm. click picks, not not a game I would recommend. I'm coming down um, to a good list here. <laughs> just wait until we have more people on and we have to like evolve the list. It's going to be really. The fun. nice thing about this list is once we pick ten, you unlock Whisper of the Worm, and then you're right. a really good sniper. Thank God. For yeah, I'm, I'm really making some tricky jumps here rhetorically. Okay, so uh-huh. what do you guys think about Destiny Two? Do you feel like it's weak, or is it just me? You know, I don't know. Um, I could go back and forth. Like, I think that the arguments against The Witcher 3 are fine by me, even though I picked it. I think the arguments against Destiny 2 are also fine because we don't, Jason and I don't really play it. I think Mm -hmm. the game is, like, not actually as fun as it used to be. It's not. And I I only have it on the brain because I've been playing it the past few weeks. But who knows how long that'll last. Here's what I would say is that, remember, this list can change. And we're going to make changes to it. There will be new content for Destiny 2 at some point. I think Mm -hmm. that maybe the current version of Destiny 2 does not make the list. And that might be a helpful way to think of it. Mm. Because we can always come back and add it later if it gets good. Because that game is always going to kind of be trying to fight its way out of this list. It's just because something got cut once. I feel like that game is a stealth honorable mention on every triple yeah. click picks list for all right. time whether we like right. it or not. Yeah. But if well, we get so... rid of it, well, well how do we feel about the list without it? Do we feel like the list is done without it? Well, let's I'll read the whole list in a second, but one argument in favor of Destiny 2 is that like it's the go-to game for us. Like if we're mm-hmm. going to be like, hey, let's stream mm-hmm. a game. We like jump on Destiny 2. Like it's a game where you can just kind of pick it up or, or any of the three of us can pick it up and just like have a good time playing for a while, which isn't necessarily true of a lot of other games. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. even though the end game has kind of been a mess for a while and like none, none of us have kept up with our power level and our like rating and stuff like that anymore, I think there's an argument to be made that like few games have just like that pick up and play feel and like you can jump in and hang out with your friends and Maddie's been playing with her friends and Kirk, you and I play with our group yeah, and like could jump yeah. in. Like we could send a group text right now and be like, hey, you guys want to catch up and play some mm-hmm. Destiny? And it also adds some diversity and in, in game type mm-hmm. to the list, which mm-hmm. if that's mm-hmm. something we care about, then I feel like the Witcher 3 and AC Odyssey are kind of in a weaker position. Yeah, I think I do think maybe it's a better idea to cut Witcher 3 or Odyssey because we're RPG heavy on the list. Let mm-hmm. me read the whole list so people who aren't looking at it have some more frame. <laughs> Great. So the list is Disco Elysium, Return of the Obra Dinn, Hollow Knight, Outer Wilds, Destiny 2, Bloodborne, Zelda Breath of the Wild, The Witcher 3, Divinity Original Sin 2, Hitman 2, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's 11 games. We have to cut one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Terrible. Tough call. Terrible. Tough call. 11 awful games. How can They're we ever all bad. decide? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna float I'm gonna float cutting The Witcher three. I'm gonna say that I would be okay with that, and I think that there is definitely a school of thought who would say any list that doesn't have The Witcher three is incomplete. But I think that your <laughs> argument is compelling about Destiny two and how it fulfills this kind of it does fulfill a unique spot on this list, mm-hmm. and it's just different. And while Odyssey and The Witcher three are both great, and I personally think The Witcher three is better, like it's one of my favorite games ever. Odyssey is a game that all three of us have talked about a lot and we all love and all really played a whole ton of. And Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed as a series like has its own whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk is going to come out soon. There will be other CD Projekt yeah. games that we try to put on this list. Yeah, maybe Witcher will make it back on the list. Like maybe sure. I'll finally play it and I'll make an argument for yeah, it. Yeah, like season two of the Netflix shows comes out and then we... Who knows? Okay, Netflix cool. show is good. So I'm okay with it. I think we yeah. cut The Witcher 3. As, as cool. crazy as it maybe feels to say that, it's actually, I think, the right call. <laughs> Damn, we did it. Yeah, so the game the, the list is now Disco Elysium, Return of the Oberdin, Hollow Knight, Outer Wilds, Destiny 2, 
Bloodborne, Breath of the Wild, Divinity Original Sin 2, Hitman 2, and AC Odyssey. The only game to me that feels a little weird on there is Hitman 2 because we don't talk about it as much as the others, but I think it's an awesome game and I'm totally happy with Mm -hmm. it being on there. Yeah, I think it helps with the diversity of the list too in terms Mm -hmm. of genres and just Mm -hmm. ways of thinking about games and trying different stuff. So I'm down to have it on there for that reason. So we will put this in the show notes. This is the official volume one of Triple Click Picks. We will be revisiting this over time. We will bring on special guests to talk about it. This will be kind of like a rotating list that that keeps changing. Cool. Good good list, guys. Guys, good job, Yay. folks. We did a good job, everyone. Yeah, so we made it. What, why don't we take a break <laughs> and then we will be back with one more thing? One, two, one, two, Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create... Okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Hi, I'm James, host of Minority Corner, which is a podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, free stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority Minority Corner. Corner. Because together, together, we're the majority. And we are back. Kirk, Maddie, it is time once again for one more thing. Kirk, why don't you go first with a very fun game? Yeah, sure. So my one more thing is Fall Guys, which has been out now for a couple of weeks. This is a game that's on PC and PS4, made by Mediatonic. It is a Battle Royale-style game, though much simpler than a Battle Royale game like Fortnite or PUBG. Mm -hmm. Um, You can actually play this on PS Plus, which is, I think, one reason that a lot of people have been playing it. Basically, you control a sentient like rubber chew toy, and you and 60 other people compete in a rotating series of challenges where a certain percentage of players get eliminated each round, and then you try to make it through to the end to win. It's really snappy. It's really simple. There are only three controls you move around. You can grab onto other players. You can jump with the jump button, and you can dive. And that's really it. It's a lot like Mario Party minigames. That's a good way mm. of thinking mm, about it. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. It's a very, it's a beguiling and simple game. It's like a very direct pleasure. I think I really understand why it's so popular right now. It's just fun <laughs> yeah. to play. Like I, Emily and I played together on the couch, just handing the controller back and forth. It's frustrating and ridiculous, but it's so low friction and low impact. You lose and who cares? That's the thing. It's so easy to jump in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so quick and it moves very snappily. And yeah, I love it. I've, I've been playing it. It's so hard though. I can't get past like three <laughs> rounds. I, I feel like I will eventually, but yeah. Awesome game. I really like it. I can see why it's so popular. It's like exploded yeah. in popularity. It's also, I think a really fun streaming game. Oh, 
it's just yeah. it's fun to watch. Yeah, I've only watched people play so far, and that in and of itself is super fun. Pretty yeah. much as fun. Whenever I lose, you can stick around and spectate. And usually, you know, you can just quit right out, go into yeah. a meeting. But sometimes I'll just stick around and be like, I don't know, I'm gonna see how this shakes out. Yeah. And it's fun, man, when people are doing, you know, the hexagon thing where you're like falling levels and you're like watching the person trying to like you just follow one person and bet on them and hope that they're gonna win. That's just pretty <laughs> entertaining. So and you know, it's a yeah, so it's a great game. Very fun, uh very fun game. The physics are very are what make it fun because it's got mm-hmm. a lot of like weird ragdolly like yeah these flopping, weird little rubble, rubber like, plop, creatures plop-ish. like bouncing off of each other yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's good anyway it's a great game they're jelly beans though they're they're jelly that's beans. true they are jelly beans <laughs> that's true <laughs> they're not chew toys they're jelly beans anyway okay, what's up with me uh so i have been watching a show called zoo that was sort of a cult favorite mm. three years ago like 2017 era you guys ever yeah, heard of the heard show of i had no. never heard of the show in my life my girlfriend watched it at the time it was not popular at all science fiction show and it's like the perfect covid show so this is a mm. show about an apocalypse it's based on a book that i think was written in 2012 i don't remember what the book's called sorry but here's the premise of the show animals get infected with some type of virus that causes them to become hyper intelligent all animals <laughs> and they okay. all rebel against the novel us has humans. the same name yeah the great awesome Zoo. perfect and so all of these animals everywhere, like cats, dogs, zoo animals, are all working <laughs> together to just destroy all humans. And what? all of the humans have to find ways to survive in a world that is trying to kill them. And <laughs> it is the a patently absurd science premise like the science of it makes no sense which is very funny to me as a person with a father who's a geneticist and like I know how wrong (laughs) the science is and that's very fun to me but the reason why I like it so much is because the humans on the show largely act the way you'd think people would in this situation. Mm. Like, they're in a completely absurd situation. No one believes them. There are corporations that are working against them. The The U.S. government makes horrific, alarming decisions throughout this, and it's, like, very relatable to <laughs> very now. Believable. But, sure. but because the show is so silly, it's like watching a version of COVID that's palatable and validated on some level Mm -hmm. because I'm like you get to watch like cats attacking people or whatever but then also you get to watch like the US government separating children from their parents and being like we just have to do this for science reasons and it's like it's Hmm. it's that extreme but it's also silly enough that I'm enjoying it and so I've been still playing Horizon Zero Dawn so I'm just thinking a lot about apocalypses lately and why they do and don't work for me in in fiction at various points and I think the reason Zoo works again is just because the humans feel real to me and the reactions feel like reactions that people would have and that's something that really matters to me so I guess I'm recommending this dumb show like I I think it's really fun I think it's it's a fun show to watch um, if people want to watch it where is it it watchable that's a Netflix show it sounds good. I kind of kind of want to check it out. So, okay. So, cool. Zoo. Um, I am... My one more thing is not this. I am watching Dark. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the listeners out there who have told us to watch Dark because the show is mm-hmm. incredible. I will talk about cool. it when I finish it because I'm not done yet. So, instead, mm-hmm. my one more thing is one of the biggest news stories of the year is last week, 
Epic sued Apple, and then Epic also sued Google. So a bit of backstory here is that essentially Epic has been, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney has been criticizing both of these companies for a long time. He has had this vendetta against any store that takes 30%, which is one of the reasons the Epic Game Store exists and only takes 12%. And by by that, I mean the fee they take from developers who are selling on the store. 30% is kind of the industry standard. Apple and Google both do it on their phone stores. Epic came out and they said, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to violate their policy by actually selling payment game our in-game Fortnite transactions directly through us you'll get a discount if you buy directly through us apple and google immediately pulled Fortnite from their stores epic had a lawsuit ready to go against both companies so clearly this was like a trap they set that they had in the works for months and the lawsuit what's fascinating about the lawsuit is that they're asking for no money they are asking for the courts to investigate apple and google from an antitrust perspective the context here is that a lot of people have been looking at apple and google from antitrust perspectives recently um the eu the U.S. Justice Department. It is going to be fascinating. This is like super, super compelling stuff because Epic is big enough to take on these companies and potentially like really take this all the way. Like they are are in this for the long haul. They are not looking to cash out with the settlement or anything like that. So we will see some really interesting legal battles between these two companies, these three companies. And man, I am fascinated to see what happens. I assume you guys have been following this. Any takes? Oh yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Of Let course. me ask the two of you who I'm sure have been following this more closely than I have a couple questions that I had mm-hmm. just about how this is working out. For starters, I think I saw that Apple suspended like the support for Unreal Engine on Apple devices, which is going to hurt a lot of indie developers, right? So they're going to. So that's the most recent. So the most recent kind of step in the case is that Apple has threatened to do this on August 28th, that they're going to cut off all of Epic stuff on the store because Epic is violating their policies. Epic has filed an emergency injunction to the court to prevent that from happening okay. because because this is now going through the court systems and it's like officially a lawsuit is part of the legal justice department. Suddenly Apple can't just do what they want anymore. Like Epic can potentially like get the court to step in and intervene with all of this stuff. So it gets really interesting, and we're going to start seeing hearings over the next week or so, um, because I believe the court is going to a hearing on this injunction on August 24th. So it's all about, that part is going to happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. Yeah, that was a, that was something that I saw as a sort of collateral damage part of this, is just yep. that there are people who are just took up Epic on their very generous, you know, uh, set up with Unreal Engine and now yeah. might be screwed because of this. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully they was... won't be. It's probably also worth noting that the overall case will probably take years because yes. that's how sure. long antitrust cases take. So even if the hearings are coming up and that's very exciting and this is all pressing news and you know Epic Games put out like a funny Fortnite ad, well, debatably funny, but uh, it's it's been in the news all week. It's it's the outcome is not forthcoming and it will not be forthcoming. Correct. It will happen in years and yeah. then we'll find mm-hmm. out whether Apple and Google are going to change their practices. Yeah, this is going to be a very long legal battle. But there will be interesting stuff that happens over the course of it. There will be various... Oh, yeah. There's going to be discovery process where like, maybe we'll see emails and interesting like depositions and who knows what's <laughs> all that happen. good stuff <laughs> yeah man i'm so excited about this like part of it is like oh man these two corporations are fighting over who is the the worst corporation and who is the less evil <laughs> corporation but i think the legal drama and the everything we get out of that story is going to be absolutely like fascinating compelling stuff mm-hmm. also one of the things worth noting is because this is going to be a very long process it really they could get all sorts of judges it could get it could wind up in a biden 
an administration um, that it winds up going all the way up to the Supreme Court. Who knows what the Supreme Court will look like by the time True. two, three years from now, if this makes it all the way up the case, the courts, will it wind up in a Supreme Court with like a Biden appointee? Like there are all sorts of fascinating things that could happen as a result of this. And it is super compelling. I recommend people actually go and read the, the, um, the original complaint from Epic because yeah. it's, nice. it's super spicy. interesting and spicy. Yeah, I will. I haven't, but I will. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games, has made this case that like he is a warrior for the people here um, and fighting against these companies. He has done companies. that. Mm-hmm. That is the case he's made. I want to say that <laughs> I think that that stuff comes off as fairly smarmy to me. Like As mm-hmm. much as I think that the take of just everyone sucks and this is all bad is also just overly simplistic. There's some smarm to how Epic is doing this. Like I, oh, yeah. like you, am very interested in the discovery. And just because Apple in particular, I will Google too, actually. They're both so opaque when it comes to this stuff that anything more we can know just seems like it would help more people. So I will be, I will be watching uh, with, with close attention. And I'll totally yes. go, read, go read the initial filing because that does sound interesting. Yeah, you should re- read the first page at least. It's nice, so okay. much. It's, so, it's like a dramatic live journal call-out post yeah. <laughs> Extremely fast. It really has that yeah. energy. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it's just super interesting. Epic Games, for what it's worth, I mean, the 12% cut on the Epic Games Store, I think, has made a huge difference to some developers. Um, Seems that way. I think yeah. it can make, I mean, that's like a significant cut of profits, especially if you're a small team and it's like literally every dollar matters. Um, oh, yeah. I think just kind of shifting the industry from that 30% standard to 12% could be a good thing for most people. Um, so from that perspective, I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly no disadvantage to the customer customers or to any of us if if stores decide to take less of a cut out of games like that is not that is not something you should be rooting against for any reason like yeah stores uh, the argument on apple side is like hey we provide this great service like this apple store has security and offers all these advantages to people um and so therefore we deserve 30 percent. but um but yeah i mean i think that's I don't know how much this case, that, that part of the argument holds up, but I'm fascinated to see what happens. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot more as it develops. Yeah, as uh-huh. more stuff happens. Um, cool. All right. So on that note, it is time for us to say goodbye. I'm excited about our first triple click picks. And yeah, Kirk, Manny, see you guys next time. All right. See you next time. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.